Welcome to the Next of the Hub, the TV series hub podcast. Join us to explore the entertainment galaxy in this new feature made with love from fans and for fans. If you like debates, neck talks, and to be well informed about TV and film, this is the podcast for you. From Nerks to Nerks. Welcome to Nerks of the Hub. I am your host, Kelsey, and I'm joined by fellow host, Heaven. Hello. And our guest, Guillaume Riveau. And I hope I didn't screw that up. <laughs> I tell you what, you did very well. That's awesome. Good, if, uh, good evening from the UK. Good evening, ladies, and uh, good evening, uh, everybody listening to this wonderful podcast. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You guys will know Guillaume from lots of stuff. Um, he's been in Poldark and Broadchurch. He was a gentleman in Doctor Who, so basically hitting all the stellar BBC productions. And coming from France, you are our first Frenchman on the, on the show, so thank you so much. Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to ask, first off, being in the States, we are exposed to, obviously, American television and British television, which tends to be pretty different. I think British television, you have shorter seasons. For me, I love it because the plots tend to go much faster, go deeper in that they're not trying to stretch it out. They're not afraid to kill off main characters in the way that we are here in the U.S., so, but we don't really know anything, very little, about French film and TV. And I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about how, you know, back home, how it's different from American or British TV and film. Oh, wow. Uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I know that in France, they're, they're, they're very similar, uh, that they are probably doing it in, in the UK. I think it's more like European production. But it's kind of funny you ask me that, because I've been living in the UK for 25 years. So a lot of things... <laughs> I kind of moved on uh, over the years, you know, uh, but uh, I don't really, I'm going to be off, uh, perfectly honest with you, I don't really watch uh, too much French TV, uh, neither well, I, I watch French movies, but I'm, I'm in touch with some French relatives that actually, funny enough, uh, watch a lot of the stuff that we do here in, in the UK and, and the stuff that you do guys in the US. And um, I'm aware of some... French polar, we call them French TV series, which uh, I think would be very similar to the way you're doing guys in the States. Okay. So when you came to London, was that for your acting career? Funny enough, not at all. <laughs> you know, I'm kind, I'm kind of like, a, I'm kind of like a, a, probably a, a, a different beast, you know, a different person from what you've talked to before. I mean, um, I started acting only three years ago. What? Yes, yes. I only started acting three years ago, which surprised a lot of people. Uh, and it's quite a great story, actually, uh, because I'm 45 years old and I started acting at the age of 42. You know, um, for 20 years, I've been on the top of my game in different uh, various sales jobs and things like that. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes in life, you, you ask yourself questions. Is that really what I was born to do, can I do better and things. And uh, I've always been a guide. I've always been thrived to, to push myself uh, beyond the imaginable, you know, try the impossible. And, and everything I've done in my life, when I came to this country 25 years ago, I couldn't speak a word of English. You know, and I had to adapt and I had to do things. I had to get my first job. And I've always worked my way through the ranks and always looked to go as far as I could go. But anyway, funny enough, I was, uh, I was watching Poda season one about three years ago. And it just sometimes, you know, you've got, the, you've got um, something that happens in your mind, you know, like a, like a, like a declic in French. In, in French, we say like a, a declic in your mind. And, and something happened in my mind. And I thought, if there is another season of that stuff, I'm going to be in it. <laughs> so I already I kind of like set my target. Already, boom, I'm going to be in it. And, uh, and I thought to myself, okay, how am I going to get into that show? Uh, how am I going to get into acting? Uh, anyway, I can come to this in a second, but I actually made it into season two. Not many people know that, uh, but I was playing uh, a man of the silly eyes, but you only see my back. And it was, um, uh, you can only see me walking behind, uh, behind Ross 
uh, and the captain in the last episode of season two. And, uh, and I was a little disappointed with that. I thought that's poor. I was a poor effort for me. I need to come back stronger for, the, for next season. <laughs> and then the rest is history because I pushed myself harder again. And, uh, and as you know, I managed to, uh, to get myself into a role for season three where I played the Vicomte de Sombray. And I was in episode two and five and I had lines and uh, I got to do my scene with Aiden and, and the rest of the cast and crew. But um, it's what I hope that a lot of your listeners can, can get from that conversation that we love today. Because I'm not the guy that, you know, went to drama school for five years and I came out and I've been doing acting for the last 20 years. You know, I, I'm a guy that had a vision and, and a dream and, you know, and I'm still going through it and I'm still working through the dream because I want to go as far as I, I possibly can go. But what I'm saying is that if you put your mind into something, you know, if you get a vision, if you got passion, if you're dedicated, if you got hustle and you set yourself targets and then you're willing to do whatever it takes to get and reach these targets, then you can do anything you want. And I proved that to myself, you know, I mean, I, I, with regards to the other stuff I used to do before my acting, I've always been in the top of what I'm doing. And that's not to sound too pretentious. But what I'm saying is that, yeah, I've done the poor dark, I've done the Doctor Who and the Broad Church and other stuff, you know, by, by working hard. You know, sometimes you've got to work, uh, you know, it's, it's a hard gig, you know, uh, people don't see you. You know, I, I don't like to talk too much like some of the people. I, I don't like to talk too much about, about, about stuff that I'm currently doing or what I need to do to get there. You know, I work in the background, and, 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 and when you work in the background and you work 24-7, you know, you need to work 24-7 all the time. You know, you, you, you can see me on my Twitter. You, you build relationship with, with not just your followers, but with producers, with directors, with other actors. You know, you, you, you've got to, you, you've got to praise other people's work. You've got to, to build these relationships all the time with everybody. Uh, and then you've got to work out at, at your craft, you know, and, and sometimes, certainly when I started three years ago, imagine started three years ago, I didn't know anybody. How am I going to get into a shoot? Yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have a clue. I thought, okay, how am I, how am I starting this stuff, you know? But then you need to be relentless. And then I got my first shoot, you know, uh, which was uh, in uh, my first shoot was three years ago when I did the trailer for a web series of Les Miserables, which was pretty cool. And then I got myself into a short and then I got myself into an indie horror film, you know, and, uh, and then you just keep pushing. And the more you do, the more you build that momentum, the more you build that showreel, the more you build this, uh, this stuff, you know, and, and the more people you get to know in the business. So, so yeah, I would say it's only about, I mean, me, my, 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 my stuff is all about hard work. Yeah, I, that's amazing. So I have to say that. Yeah. So I'm kind of like blown away. One, I think that's amazing. You've been in so much in three years. That's crazy. Yeah. But Thank I also you. really relate to this because I think so often society tells people like, if you're not doing it by 24, look at, you know, whoever at 24 is running their business and, and they forget that you can start things late. And I think heaven and I can connect to that with the podcast. And that was like, we had this passion. We wanted to talk to people. We want to learn about them and, and let other people learn about them. And it was like, I mean, we're in our late 30s. Who cares? Let's just do it. Yeah. Start something new, you know, go for it. So that's really, <laughs> I just, I'm like looking at your like filmography though. And I'm going, holy, like in three years, you've been in three of the, I mean, three of the biggest British shows. You were in Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. You've played King Arthur three times, which I think is crazy. <laughs> yeah, for, for, I, wasn't, I wasn't in the Guy Ritchie one. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought that was the Arthur that you were in. But you're right, you're right. And I think, I think that, that not many people know that fact. I mean, as a Frenchman, I actually <laughs> played King Arthur three times with three different production companies. Uh, the first one is in a, in a feature film called Mordred that we filmed, uh, we filmed over a period of, a period of three weeks in, in, in June 2016. The film is still in uh, post-productions and there was something going on with regards to, uh, to that. They're working hard at it at the moment, but I, I think that we could see a release maybe next year with that. So that was a pretty cool project. It'd be a good indie film. I also played King Arthur and that's available to watch online everywhere in, uh, in a TV series documentary, Forbidden History on the Yesterday Channel. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're aware of that in the States, if you get that. Uh, I think we have that one. I think I think the guy that directed this, uh, Bruce Burgess, done a lot of work as well for the History Channel and things like that in the USA. 
So I think you might get that. The, the, the show is called Forbidden History TV series, and, and that was for season three. And that was a pretty cool, cool episode. I, I'll send you the link later on after the interview. And the other one I did was for another TV series. We did that about a year ago called uh, uh, Mystical Legends 2. And that, again, is a TV series documentary, which is, uh, which is in the edit at the moment. So, yeah, it's kind of funny that I managed to play King Arthur three times. But that was when I had the longer hair. So, as a Frenchman, like, is there, I mean, with the rivalry between France and Britain, it's pretty long-standing. Is there a little bit of, like, smugness that they had to cast a man from France to play, like, Britain's greatest hero? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think, I, think, I think that, again, I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes... You, you get uh, you get lucky even even if I don't really believe in luck that much I believe that you've got to make your own luck but I mean I got cast into these productions I guess you know on merit you know and um, they decided to go with me uh, you know we, we weren't talking about you know like Hollywood productions yeah you know I mean one is an indie film and I was delighted that because that was a hard project the Mordred one you know I mean it was like four months of rehearsal. The script was massive. It took me five months to learn that script. It was so massive, you know, and uh, it was kind of funny to do, you know. The other one, a reconstruction uh, TV series documentary. So it, as a Frenchman, yeah, if, if, you know, it's kind of funny. But because I've lived in this country for so many years now. Yeah, I'm a Frenchman. I'm not really sure if I feel French. I'm not too sure if I feel British either. I feel more like I've been to your country many times in the past. Uh, ten times, uh, I've been all over the place. I feel more kind of like an earthling, if you get me drifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a man of the world. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what makes it so easy for you to play Arthur? Because you don't have to claim a particular place. You have found ways to adapt not only to the country you're in, but to the role you're asked to play as well. Yeah, and you know... In particular, when I played Arthur in the movie Mordred, you know, I did study the character because I had six months to study it. I had six months of, of rehearsals. We had to do sword fighting lessons and we had to do the, the shit, you know, the, we had to do so many things, you know, for six months to prepare for that shoot. And I've watched, I've watched like two or three movies that were made in the past, you know, the Excalibur stuff and other things. And I've read a few books and I live in Cornwall. As well, so it's kind of King Arthur kind of land over there, like you know. So I visited the King Arthur Center near Tintagel and things, and I really tried to educate myself as much as I possibly could about the character. I really wanted to study the character, but I wanted to do something different, something that hopefully, when the film comes out, you will be able to see. Is that on most of the Arthur stuff, you really see Arthur the warrior. You know, you don't really see any other facet about the character. So what I decided to do, it's, it's to work on the character in, in different layers, in different levels, and give the character another dimension. And, and I wanted the, the viewers to see Arthur not just as the warrior, the fighter, but also the husband, the father, the friend, you know, the, uh, you know, and, and, Hopefully, when you, I mean, when you see, I really do hope he comes out. I mean, they're working on the contracts and everything at the moment. But when he comes out, you'll be able to see what I've managed to do with this. It's, and um, it's a different level, different, different layers, you know. I wanted to give the character a different dimension. And I think that I've, I've achieved to do that. Let's hope, uh, let's hope he comes out. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. The, the trailer is that. You can see the trailer. I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen the trailer. No, we haven't seen the trailer Oh, okay, okay. I'll send that to you later on as well. The okay, trailer yeah, came, we'd love to share that. Came out a few months ago, and uh, you'll be able to see that. Okay. Yeah, I was trying. I couldn't find anything on, online, so I'll have to... Okay. I'm interested to look at that. I mean, that's interesting. I imagine Arthur, is that maybe the hardest character to bring your own look at because he has been portrayed so many times? No, no. To me, it wasn't an issue. You know, I mean, I just went out there and, you know, I mean... I'm not worried about anything. Uh, we all know that people with critics anyway, when they go and see it, they say, oh man, they choose the French to, to do this stuff, you know? Or, or maybe you could have done better or this, this. We all know that uh, w when you get into the spotlight and you start to do different things and you get into a different level that you will have people that uh, will start to critique and, 
uh, and, and question what you do. But other people on the other hand will love what you do. So it didn't face me at one, but I actually released to the challenge. I said, come on, man, this is awesome. I'm going to play Arthur, you know, the king of Britain. Come on, this is awesome. <laughs> and, and, and when I asked me to do a second time, I said, bring it on. And the third time, I said, this is, uh, no, this is uh, I'm, I'm on breaking record territory there. Yeah. I should really probably ring the, the books of records because I'm not even sure if anyone has played King Arthur three times in three different production companies. <laughs> so we get into funny territories and uh, uncharted territories. But no, anything you give me, um, I, will, I, will, uh, I, will, I will see it as a challenge. I'm not worried about anything. I just get out there and, and imprint myself into the character. Because you know what? As I said earlier on, I had to work really, really, really hard to be where I am now. The 24-7, not sleeping for, for days, you know. Uh, so to me, whatever I'm being given now, whatever I get through an audition or casting or whatever, I see it as a blessing. I'm very kind of grateful for everything I've got, everything coming my way. You know, and when you're grateful, you grow and you can do so many things. So you're not going to start to worry you know about this kind of uh, it's a great opportunity you just you just do it and but you know what i found out and we can talk about this as well uh, things i've done in Pordak or, or, or whatever thing i've done is that you need to be prepared preparation is the key if you're not prepared in this industry you will fall flat on your face so i've always found out that for me what works best is to be prepared you know learn your lines get get into the character get ready for the shoot no room for errors. And then you can work around things, you know, you don't have to worry about anything. But I think the preparation is the key. Preparation is the key. You need to be, you know, you can go on set for, because on set you'll be there for 12 hours minimum. And you might not be requested for like three or four hours. And then they say, come on, let's do this. Now you need to go to do that scene. So, you know, you need to be ready. Ready to roll, ready to rock and roll, you know? Is it the same whether you're doing a big role or a smaller role? Because if your IMDb is any indication, you probably only sleep like two hours a night for the last three years. <laughs> you have just been... And so if you busy. only knew what I do, because I'm doing other stuff alongside with this, I'm also, I'm also doing fundraising, I'm doing sales, I'm doing so many things. I'm working 24-7, seven days a week. What are you doing no. fundraising for? Well, I do a lot of fundraising as well for uh, on behalf of organizations like Greenpeace, the WWF, raising some cash. So I'm always I'm always busy, you know, uh, making a living. You know, I'm I'm not a guy that can rest easily. Actually, my feet always itch. I need to get moving. I need to get working. I need to do things. But you're right in a sense. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've done quite a bit when I'm looking at my MDB. Yeah, I've done a bit of stuff. But you know, I want to increase that. You know, and uh, there are still another two or three projects that I've done this year that I cannot really mention. Yeah, you'll be able to know about next year. But um, always looking and searching. You know, in the evening, I always, you know, uh, you know, I spend about two hours a day at night in the evening searching for opportunities, applying for castings, speaking to people, networking. I think it's important in this industry because there is so much competition, you know, that, uh, you know, you, you need to... Uh, you need to work. If Poldark was the first thing that you watched and decided that was going to be your next path, what led you to getting your first on-screen part, even though it wasn't speaking? Like, how did you go from watching Poldark to being on screen in Poldark? <laughs> well, I did things before Poldark, uh, but obviously I knew that in order to get into Poldark, I had to do some investigation work. Mm. I had to I had to start from somewhere and um, I had to get some experience and I had to get some shoots and living where I am in Cornwall, which is the others, you know, I mean, it's about five hours drive from London, the mm -hmm. other side. It's, it's not it's not as much going on, let's say, where I am that it would be, let's say, in London. So you've got to go on the Internet looking for local casting companies, local agencies, apply for them, registered with them. And then you got to look for independent stuff because this is where you're most likely to get to get to get an opportunity. So you need to ask questions. You need to network with people. And I used to spend for the first few nights. I mean, I, I didn't sleep at all at night. I didn't sleep. I was just networking, finding my right opportunities, you know. And uh, and uh, and like I said earlier on, you know, after but I think I was I think I started. Yeah, I think it was um, maybe about six weeks after I started 
I got my first my first shot, you know, and and I got given the opportunity. I'll send that to you as well because that should be available somewhere online. I did that trailer for the Miserable web series, which is a cool shoot, you know. Right. And I and I drove for two hours, two and a half hours to get on set, and I did that, and and I was happy. This is come on, that was my first shoot. That was great. And then and then you know and then I went on to do another another shoot in a short film called uh, Final Fantasy it was based as a fan film based on the on the on the TV game or something like this video yeah Final Fantasy and I play a, a, a buddy there which which was cool and then I got on to play Hugo Hugo in a horror feature film indie feature film called Last Weekend which is in in post production now it was a small role but with lines you know with the lead. And then you build up and you build up and you build up. And then I got asked by an agency to do product. Season two, I think it was about, it wasn't no long after, um, because I was, it was probably about three months after, four months after. And I remember always that day because uh, that was my original target to be in product. And, uh, and I filmed, uh, we filmed that scene. I can talk about it now because it's in the public domain, but uh, we filmed uh, in Charlestown. In Cornwall, that scene, it was a Saturday in September and there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tourists in Charlestown watching the shoot. <laughs> and it was unbelievable for me to go down in Charlestown in, in costume and you go down and, and, and they take you with security and, uh, and they all got their umbrellas and things and they bring you down and they bring you down. And, um, and they got hundreds of people watching alongside, everywhere, along, alongside you, they're watching from the top. It's an unbelievable experience. Like you're in the, on the football pitch and, you know, and you're playing. It was an incredible experience, incredible. And I got to do my scene, actually, with uh, uh, Ross, Ross uh, Adrian Turner and, uh, and his sidekick, the captain at the time. It's like when they go back down on the port and they got their map and I kind of walk alongside him and things. And I did that scene with him. And uh, when he came out, I was still, I, I, you know, I was in there, but you could only see uh, my, my, you could only see my back. It was my first experience. I was happy to be there, but I wasn't happy with myself to kind of like, you know, like that. So basically I said, no, 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 I need to come back stronger. And that to me, uh, to do what I did in product season three was incredible. Probably I would have to say, you know, ladies, the most incredible professional experience for me that beats everything. What I did to be, to be able to do what I did. I remember when we did... Um, I remember when we filmed our film scene. I filmed three scenes over there in season three. The first scene was like that big ball. Do you remember? Right, right. Yeah, they just sort of point you out and you kind of walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where I get introduced. This is where I get introduced to uh, Ross and Demelsa. Mm -hmm. And we are at Lord Bassett's house. And I remember the director, you know, he says, come on, Guy, we're going to introduce you to the rest of the casting crew. And it was an incredible scene because, you know, I got introduced to... Aiden, to Eleanor, uh, and all of the main characters were in there, the Duchesse and uh, George Wallagan and the old Paul Dark, and the judge. I mean, they were all in there. I said, hey, Guy, are you doing, man? Hey, Guy, are you doing, man? Hey, Guy, are you playing the Vicon de Sombre? It was like, wow, man, I'm doing it, you know, I'm living the dream. And that was a great scene because it was a three-day shoot. That, that was a three-day shoot. Oh, wow, okay. So what you see, you know, it's kind of condensed a little bit, it's a little compressed, and obviously in the edits. But that was actually a three-day shoot, and then and then we did uh, another cool scene, another day, another location where I was at the Duchesse, and that was in the beginning of episode uh, five. When you see Ross and me, we talk, and the Duchesse speaks to Demelsa. That was in another property uh, somewhere. That was a great shoot, but the best one was in the pub, in the inn. Yeah. In the inn. In the inn. When, when the guys, you know, I, when I did all my lines in French, that was incredible shoot, incredible shoot. Because everything I was saying was kind of like a cue for Adrian to go on and, and take on his stuff. So they kind of gave me a lot of freedom in that shoot, lots of freedom. Because I was ready, because I prepared, you know, the, the thing in French and stuff. So uh, everything I was doing was kind of like a cue for Adrian to, to ah, speak. Okay. So it was a brilliant shoot. That was, I was really buzzing after this one. That was pretty cool. That's cool. So do you, do you like when you're speaking in French in there, did you sneak anything in or was it all like pretty? No, 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 <laughs> I, I, no, no. I, I had to prepare for this. It was kind of funny because uh, about four days before that particular shoot, I was, I was sent uh, a piece of information from, uh, from casting and I just had to prepare. Uh, I knew, I knew what we had to do. I knew where I was. 
and um, I kind of like had to prepare, uh, uh, you know, few monologues I had to learn uh, about, about the situation of the French and things, you know, because basically in the script, what you see on screen is different from the book. Uh, my character in the book is kind of good friends with Ross Podak and the both of them go to France. In the script, they kind of changed that. And I think that Ross is me arguing with my French guys in, in, in the inn. So he decides to go to France on his own. So I prepared a lot of stuff, lots of things. And we talked about it. I talked about it with the director, you know, and uh, at the time of the shoot, he said, are you ready? Uh, are we going to do this? Are we going to roll? And everybody was happy, you know, and, uh, and we kind of did that, you know, and it, and it was a... It was incredible. It was an incredible experience for me. And, uh, and I've always said to myself, even if I don't do, when I finish this, I thought to myself, if I don't do anything else after this, I don't care because I've done it. Because that was my target. Remember, this is what I said. This, this is the idea that, that, that I had in my mind, the stuff that snapped in my mind three years prior that I said, I want to be in Pordak. That's my. If there is a product, I want to be in product. I will do whatever it takes. I love the show. I don't watch. It's funny because I don't watch any TV. I never have time to watch TV. I don't. I never watch TV. I don't have time for it. I I am always working. I'm always working. You know, networking, working, 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 working. But this is probably one of the only shows I watch. And as I knew that it was kind of like I really love the feel about the show, and I, it was kind of feeling Cornwall. It just happened. I want to be in that show, so I did whatever it took and managed to get in there. So when I, when I did Paul Dark, I thought, you know, if I don't do anything else after this, it doesn't really matter because I've achieved, I've, I kind of reached the dream. I've done what I wanted to do. But, you know, with me, it's that uh, I never, I'm, I'm never, uh, you know, I always seek, uh, I always seek to go higher. Never done. So, yes, I want to go, I want to prove to myself that I can do anything I set my mind to, you know, so I will go as far as I can get, you know, so obviously since then I've done other things, as you know, and, uh, and, 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 another, and, and I don't know, this is the interesting bit about things, it's the reason I love that industry, is that you never know what's going to happen next, and what I love about this industry is that one day a door closes, suddenly another door opens, it's kind of weird really, you know, but it's great, it's great, I love the acting, the, the, the filming industry, yeah. No, I just think it's awesome that the your last scene in Poldark is your favorite one, and that was a really cool scene, and you've given us such new dimension to what happened in that scene, knowing that the words I couldn't understand, as I do not speak French, were actually kind of like incognito cues for Ross to do what he needed to do in that scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, and no, that was pretty cool, and... Uh, um... You know, I mean, I remember the, they put the camera, you see the beginning, they put, the, you know, we were in the studio and the camera is on the rail and they said, we start with you and then we go to Ross. And basically I told him, you know, we'll explode on the screen and we say, okay, you know, Britain is being invaded, blah, blah, blah. We need to do this, bang, you know. So everything had kind of like, a, everything had a meaning, you know, we stayed in the story. And and then kind of Ross kind of picked up on things, you know, and, and, and every, you know, the, the guys are pros anyway. So they kind of picked up on everything. But Everything went smooth. That was the beauty because everybody was prepared. And uh, if I won't have been prepared, it would have been terrible. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is that you've got to go to this issue because I didn't know what to expect, you know, on the last day. I didn't even know. For, I mean, they said to me, prepare, but don't even show I'm going to speak on screen. I didn't even know it was going to happen. But it did happen and they kept it and it was pretty cool. <laughs> it is pretty cool. It is pretty cool indeed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you've heard Guillaume talk about his past, and we're fixing to get to his future. But before we do, we at Nurks of the Hub want to just say a quick thank you to two of our listeners, Judy Arsenault and Amanda Heldsinger, who have been huge supporters since the very beginning. You guys, we love to hear from our listeners. Send us a DM, tag us on Twitter, at Nurks of the Hub, leave us your comments, questions. We love you guys, and we appreciate all your support. Now, back to the interview. So I wanted to ask you, because Poldark was your target before, do you have yes. like a solid target in your mind for next, or is it just bigger, better? You know, is there a specific thing you're shooting for now? Well, you know, I, I see that uh, like, um, like uh, I'm like an artist, really. And uh, whatever I do, uh, I see it's like a painting, it's my canvas. And I've already started to, uh, to do things and, and, and the, rest, the rest will follow. As I said earlier on in the interview, I'm... I'm I'm very grateful. I'm very, I'm very transparent. I'm very grateful, and uh, I'm blessed with all the opportunities. I'm not like, let's say, like desperate and stuff. But 
but I know that I've got like a, a serious, strong work ethic in me. So, I, you know, I'm moving heaven and earth to to go as far as I possibly can go. And yes, of course, I've got dreams. The, the ultimate dreams, I'd love to work with guys like Don Johnson. Now, Don Johnson has been my favorite actor since the 80s. You know, I grew up, uh, I grew up, uh, I grew up loving Don, watching uh, a Miami Vice, you know, in the 80s, so I love Don Johnson. I'm thinking now, hey, if I can work with Aidan Turner, why can't I work with Don Johnson? Why can't I work with Tom Cruise? You know, I mean, it's like, I love the guy as well. So this is seriously like insane targets, but I'm thinking there is absolutely nothing stopping me, nothing stopping me one day to work with these guys. And that will be like a true dream come true. I would love to work in particular with Don because I've really followed his career for a long time. I think the guy is awesome. But in the meantime, I'm going to have to do what I've got to do. And that is to keep working, keep pushing and shoving, keep working on various projects, keep shopping, showing my face, you know, showing up, doing what I've got to do, give 100% and, and, and hopefully, hopefully entertain people with, with what I do, you know? And uh, so... Well, you say those are an insane targets, but for a guy who got on Poldark... Uh within three years of starting his career, I'd say those are, are pretty achievable targets for you. I think uh, that seems that seems like we're going to be, uh, you know, sending you messages going, please, please, now that you're in the new Mission Impossible, can you please, 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 please come back on the podcast? <laughs> that would be, be awesome. But obviously sometimes, you know, you, you've got, because I listen to a lot of guys, because I'm a guy as well, I, I listen to a lot of... Um, you know, like Tony Robbins and things like that. I've been listening to these guys for years. So I like to empower myself. And, and the higher you set your target up, the most likely you're likely to hit some kind of target. You know, if, if you move along in your life, in any kind of area, and you don't set yourself any target, you know, you, you, you're going to miss all the time. You're, not going to, you're just going to turn around like a headless chicken. So, you know, I'd rather put myself some target um, than at least I've got something to aim at. And uh, even if I don't reach what I want to reach, at least I'm doing what I can. So I know I'm going in a direction, you know, I'm, I'm going the direction I need to go. And um, yeah, and I'm doing some cool stuff in the meantime, you know, uh, like we'll talk about this in a minute. I've done some pretty cool indie stuff, you know, and I want to do more. I would like to achieve so much more. So uh, let's have a look what the future holds. You know, um, I'm eager to meet new people, eager to work on new projects. You know, uh, actually, not a long time ago, you spoke to a young lady called uh, Kate. Oh, she's wonderful. She's great. Now, that's a lady <laughs> I'd like to work with as well in the future. Uh, we're not far from each other. I think she's pretty cool. She's been working lately with a guy called Rory. Rory is a friend of mine. I'm sure you know Rory Wilton. He was in Port Dark as well as a regular in season one and season two. And I love, I love these guys. I've worked with Rory a couple of times. I love Kate as well. I like to work with her. She's a cool girl. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about networking, you know, you, yeah, you, yeah, you need to network, you need to work hard, that's, that's, the, that's the key. We love Kate over at NERCS as well, too, absolutely. Yeah, she's, she's, she's a cool girl, yeah, she's a cool girl, uh, uh, yeah, it would be cool if we could hook up me and her one day and other people, yeah. yeah. Hey, there is nothing wrong with having insane goals to reach for, like you said, if you don't have the goal, you can't reach it, so... You, know. you never know. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully in 10 years' time, you'll see me doing a film with Don Johnson. That would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. Well, I have a feeling since you've said it, it's probably going to happen at some point in time. You'll find a way. You seem to be... Um, there is always a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned to us that you can't tell us everything about it yet. But what can you tell us about shows that are in production right now, like Eleven? Okay, Eleven. That, now that uh, I mean, or it's um, completed but not out yet. Indeed. Well, what what I know about Eleven? Eleven is going to be a great, great, great indie war feature film, written by my wonderful friend Rock Salt. Great guy, absolute, and he's. he's I mean, I've read his stuff. I mean, there's lots of his scripts in the past. I mean, the script for Eleven is awesome. And he's a talented guy. He actually also directed the film with Sean Cronin. Now, Sean Cronin is 
another legend of British cinema. I mean, you look on his IMDb and you look at the stuff he's done over the years. Incredible guy. And he plays the villain in Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. Actually, he's a cool guy, you know, and... Uh, so he, he, uh, Sean Cronin co-directed the movie with, with Rock, but he's also starring. He's one of the lead in the movie. Without saying too much, obviously, as you know, next month will be the centenary, the 100th anniversary of the end of the Great War. So it's going to be the end of World War One. Uh, sorry, the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One. That's film 11. It's about the last few hours of World War One, when some soldiers, some of the, you will see some of the, Key characters in the movie are being sent back to get slaughtered, back at war, when they shouldn't have to go. They, they shouldn't have to go there, but they're being sent back for a last shot. And, uh, and it wasn't a good idea, you know. So it's a, it's a war story. It's going to be very powerful, but it's also a love story. So, I mean, Rock, Rock is really feeling strongly about this. You will see it's not just a war story. There is a very strong emotional side to it. It's a, it's a very poignant and emotional love story. So this is a film that is going to be uh, quite draining, I feel, um, very emo uh, strongly emotional. So they've just released a website. Uh, uh, usually promotion for a film comes way earlier. But with this one, the production company, you know, you know, they want to time it right because it's such a big event. What I can tell you is that the film will be available to pre-order. On the 11th of the 11th at 11 a.m., that is the way that the film will be available to pre-order. On the 11th of the 11th at 11 a.m., it will be available on all digital platforms, such as Netflix, Amazon, and so on, on the 19th of the 11th. Between now and then, there's going to be a lot of promotion. You will see coming up in the press interviews. I mean, it's most likely to be in the British press to start with, but they've got some, no, I know I've, I, I hear without saying too much, that there's going to be a lot of press coverage in the, in the TVs, newspapers, and so on. So watch out on my Twitter, because obviously as soon as I know more, I'll put it on. They've just created a Twitter page yesterday. It's at Film11. Uh, so if you guys are listening and you want to know more, please follow the Film at Film11 page on the Twitter. It's uh, capital F and capital E. So they've just released that because I think the guys are going to uh, to release some stuff and they're about to unleash a trailer. Awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah, and a lot of stuff. So I think that the next two weeks we're going to see a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of things. And, and and I think that we're going to have as well what I hear a a premiere in London on the tenth of the eleventh. Okay. So you, you'll see a bit of coverage on that as well. Uh, that's all that I know on the on this particular project. I'm playing at what I can say is that I'm in a one beautiful scene with uh, the two leads and I play the French captain Jérôme Bernard in another poignant and emotional scene. And you can see on my Twitter, if you have a look at Poléland a couple of days ago, there is a screenshot from on me. I look a bit different. I just got a tache, a moustache. Yeah. It's the reason, reason I cut my hair. I thought, come on, you've got to cut your hair. Because I've had long hair for years and years and years. <laughs> but when, when Rock casted me for the role, and he said, I would like you to play uh, Jérôme, Jérôme Bernard. Of course, I had to cut my hair. And, uh, so you can see the picture on my Twitter. This is how I look like in the film. It's going, to be, it's going to be a beautiful movie. Like I said, I cannot say too much about it just yet. Apart from that, it will be released on, on all digital platforms. And it's going to be something special. And there is a fantastic cast, a fantastic crew uh, attached to this beautiful film. Well, we look forward to it. That's, uh, that's wonderful. I, I mean, I love... Um, a war drama that focuses on the on the smaller stories, on the relationships yeah. and stuff, um, as opposed to you know Transformers um, <laughs> or <just all laughs> oh, yeah, explosions yeah. or something. <laughs> so what yeah. you describe sounds sounds more like that. You're also in uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The Homeless Ashes is that that they're doing a crowdfunding right now on Twitter, and you will yes. have a role in that. Is that already been shot, or will that be coming up? Yeah, it's been short. I mean, uh, Mark Zamit, who mm -hmm. is directing the film, what a wonderful man as well, Mark Zamit. Terrible guy. You can follow him on the Twitter, at Mark Zamit. He's the director of the film. I think he raised on the Twitter something like £100,000 in various uh, Indiegogo, Kickstarter mm -hmm. campaign online. He's got a huge following on the Twitter, something like uh, 350,000 people follow his work now. And he's a very talented young man. Uh, I meet him on a on, on, sometimes in London on a regular basis. 
uh, talented young man. Uh, he's a great actor, but he's also director and that's his first movie. And I know he will be doing other films later on. He's managed to attract some wonderful cast in his movie. I mean, uh, I can give you one of the guys, Lou Temple. He's one of your guys in the States, Lou Temple. He was, he was in uh, Walking Dead. He's been in Halloween by Rob Zombie. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. You know, he's a great, he's a great actor. And, and he managed to get this guy there. So, yeah, I've got a little role. You know, I, uh, he, he, he gave me a, a nice little role. I, I played Tom in his movie in a nice cutaway scene. And I've got some dialogue with another dude, you know, and uh, we play poker and stuff like that. It's pretty cool, you know. Uh, but I, I know that he's finished filming. I think he had to do some scenes again this week. He's, I think he's about 99% completed. And uh, he's generating more funds to finish the film. And this movie will have definitely a cinema release and a DVD release next year. And uh, you can follow you can follow the latest news on at Homeless Ashes Movie on the Twitter. And if we follow as well Mark on at Mark Zamit on the Twitter, you'll be able to follow his work. But it's going to be a great film. And I think that the film is to highlight homelessness you know this is becoming a bit of a this is something that's close to mark's heart i believe you know too many people are homeless and stuff and i think he's making a drama you know about this right which is what so i wanted to ask when you're approaching you know this movie and i mean even just being cast in it learning about it when you're when it's a movie that has sort of a cause behind it this you know, addressing homelessness, um, you know, raising awareness. Is there anything about approaching it that you feel like is different than when you've done other roles? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I approach every role with um, with great pride anyway. You know, I mean, the, I will not do a role uh, just for the sake of it. I just do it and that's done. Everything that I've done from a short film to a music video, a commercial or a feature film, I give it 150%. But obviously, as I, 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 I can see it's a project from a very good friend of mine that is really talented, that's close to his heart. You know, he had to endure a lot of stuff, Mark, you know, it's, you know in his life as well. And, and, and to see him succeed like that, he, he, he is an inspiration to a lot of people and, you know, and certainly to myself as well, you know. And he's another guy like me that will do whatever it takes to succeed, you know, and he started with nothing and here he is you know, making his own movie, having raised hundred grand for the movie, getting big names attached to his movie to, uh, to, 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 to raise an issue that's close to his heart. Uh, and uh, so for me, when I got given the opportunity to do that one day shoot with him and to play Tom in that cutaway scene, I was, it was, it was, uh, it was no brainer. You know, I had to do it. Uh, I had to do it, you know, to, to help Mark. Uh, and I felt very proud to be able to be associated with this film in order to raise awareness to this topic. So on all accounts, I was really happy to be able to do that, you know, to because it's a serious issue. And that, I think that this movie, when it comes out, it will definitely help a lot of people. I think that I think that Mark with this movie will save people's lives. I really definitely think it will help people. It will save people's lives. I think that's a beautiful thing to be a part of. Indeed. And I'm very proud to be part of this film. I'm very proud to have worked with, with Mark. He's a good guy. He's one of the great guys, you know, and uh, yeah, he, he will go for that dude. I just wanted to ask if there's anything else that you, you know, want to talk about, the fan, you want to tell the fans that you're interested in or, or are involved in. Oh, you have Beard Envy coming up, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did another show. I mean, as I mentioned to you, I got involved in another couple of projects, two, three projects this year that I cannot really... I talk about yet. I think that people will know uh, uh, next year when the things comes out. But I did another short movie as well this year uh, called Beard and V, based in a, in a poem, which is a pretty cool uh, short film. I played the barber in there, film directed by uh, the cool John Tompkin. I think that that will be, uh, it's been accepted uh, in a lot of festivals in your country and places. And that film will be coming out a year uh, early. Early 2019, it'd be good fun to watch. Uh, February 2019, I think. So I put it on my Twitter when it comes out as well. I did a video as well this year called a music video for an upcoming uh, rock band called The Hideaways. And the video is called I'm Here Storm. And uh, the video is available to watch online as well on YouTube, Vimeo and everything. Uh, 
uh, I play I play this, uh, this this crazy guy there. Uh, that's that's a, a must watch. I mean, I'll send you some links that you can watch. You can watch that stuff. But um, but yeah, I would like to. Uh, as you know, I I, I um. As I said, I'm, I'm very grateful for all the opportunities. I'm very grateful for what's happening in my life. I will keep working hard, and that is the only way. I want to go as, as far as I want to go, but uh, I spend a lot of time as well on my Twitter. Uh, this is something I like to spend a bit of time on. I love to build relationships with, uh, with producers, with directors, with fellow actors, actresses, and so on. But in particular, I really, really like to speak and interact with my followers. That is really important to me because uh, it proved that I'm not wooden. You know, it proved that <laughs> you know it proved that I exist, that I'm here, <laughs> um, and and that uh, you know uh, people, if they want to ask me questions or talk to me, you know, uh, you know, I will do my very best to to answer them. But uh, I'm really grateful for everybody on my Twitter, my followers, for the support they've been giving me. Over the past few months, I can see that my Twitter is growing uh, every day, which is great. I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for the good vibes that people are sending me and the encouragement they're giving me. I think that's pretty cool. So I can promise them that it's going to be greater stuff to come in the next uh, few months, you know. But that's an important part for me. You know, there's something I spend about half an hour to an hour a day. I know to a lot of people it seems that it's crazy, but I do that at night, you know, like uh, I like to interact, you know, I, I, I like to be... Uh, with the people to know that they're here for me, but I'm there for them as well. It's a two-way, it's a two-way relationship. Well, it makes a difference to fans. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that definitely. That people really appreciate the fact that I, I'm, I'm there. I'm available. You know, I'm not like hiding behind the phone, <laughs> or I'm not hiding uh, uh, with just a thread or something like that. I, I just love to talk to people because I'm really grateful. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just a guy. You know, and. You know, and yeah, I had to work out to be where I am, but it's lovely to be able to to talk to to the followers. In all of these followers that you've been interacting with, do you have a favorite fan interaction so far? Well, no, not not really, but I've got to admit that the poor that crowd is great. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember, I went to see because that's one of the questions you wanted to ask me. Yeah, I will have to say that you know. Uh, I mean, you. I mean, I've got some because I've got thirty-six thousand followers on the Twitter, and also, I mean, I'm getting a lot of nice messages coming from all over the world. And some people like Doctor Who, some people like the King Arthur thingy. Some some people are showing an interest in other stuff, you know. But I would have to say that the product crowd is is truly the best. So not only it's been my best shoot, it's been my best experience as a as an actor. But this is where I get the. the the best followers, you know, the, the, the best feedback. And uh, and it was nice as well. Uh, and, and I'd like to give a shout to all of these guys. I went to see Aidan Turner at the theater a couple of months back when he did uh, his, his play. And uh, and I tweeted to the... I knew it was a lot of uh, Paul Dark fans coming from the USA in London to go and watch him. So I just kind of tweeted that I was at the theater, at the Noel, uh, Noel Coward Theater. And if people wanted to see me, I would be there. So I tweeted the guys. I said, yo, guys, you know, I am at the theater. I'm at the lobby for 20 minutes. If you want to come to see me, here I am for you. And it was lovely because a dozen of uh, poor dark fans from the States came to see me. Uh, and uh, we had, you can see some of the pictures on Twitter. We took some pictures and I signed a few uh, autographs and a few receipts. And we had that interaction, you know, and uh, we had that communication and and that was great. And I think that they appreciated it. And I appreciated that as well. So I think that was pretty cool. You know, and this is the beauty about the Twitter. And this is the beauty about the Internet. And I really love this kind of era, this age where you're able, like me. I mean, where are you guys? Uh, Virginia and California. Oh, nice. Awesome. Virginia and California. And here I am in the UK. And yeah. we're having that nice chat. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and this is quite wonderful, isn't it? The, the, the technology, you know, and... And it's what I did with these fans. I knew they were coming to see Aiden and they were so excited and they came from the States, different parts of the States. And just by sending a little tweet, hey guys, I'm in the theater. I played, as you know, because they all know I played the Vicon de Sombra. If you want to see me, I'm here right now. Boop. And they came to see me, you know, and, and they made their day, you know, so not only they saw the, uh, the product, but they saw the, the Sombra. Yeah. 
it's a huge bonus for fans. You're going to see one person. All of a sudden, you get notice uh, that somebody else from this show you love so much is going to be there. I'm sure yeah. they were elated. Yeah, and not only just there, but to to actually like stop and talk to them is exactly very cool. Very cool. Yeah, no, that was really cool. And as you can know, because we talked about this, I'm, I'm quite stoked as well. And and, and this week we had a, a fantastic feedback on this that I actually made it in Lego Poldark. Yeah, I love the Lego. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, Shout Lego. Out to whoever made that. <laughs> Lego Poldark. Yeah, you can follow these guys as well and follow their adventure at Lego Poldark on on the Twitter. They're pretty awesome as well. These guys. We're gonna have a lot of links added to this post on our Twitter for all of the people we need to follow that you are related to here. Yeah. <laughs> all of the shows that you're gonna be in, your fun, uh, your Lego embodiment. <laughs> Love it so much. Yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome. No, it's been great so far, and I'm looking forward for the future. And I didn't mention as well, uh, because I think that you're going to wrap up, guys, but uh, I've been cast in an independent World War II film, uh, which will be shot next year. It's called No Glory, and it's at No Glory on the Twitter. Okay. So they've made a short film a few months ago. Now they're going for a big feature film. And it's going to be a, a great cast. The film is directed by the cool Steve Davis. And I play, I play one of the main guys from the French Resistance. Ah, oh, very cool. Well, congratulations on that. We will look yeah. forward to it. We'll have to have you Thank back you on so. to talk about it once we can actually talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, ladies. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you spending all this time with us. No, thank you for having me. I much appreciate that. It was lovely to meet you both. And uh, I'm thrilled and uh, really happy to have been in your wonderful podcast. Well, thank oh. you. That just touches our hearts. Thank you very much. And we hope you have a wonderful weekend and a happy Halloween. Thank you very much. Happy Halloween, ladies. <laughs> go and see the new. Uh, I'm not plugging it, but you must go and see the new Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis because that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a couple of chickens here, but, but just because you said it, we'll do it. <laughs> I need to, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thank Bye. you. Have a, have a wonderful uh, day. Thank you, ladies. See you All soon. Right. Thanks for your time, yeah? Okay. You just listened to the podcast Nerds of the Hub, produced, recorded, and edited by the TV Series Hub team. If you want to read TV and film-related articles, reviews, and more, go to www.tvserieshub.tv. Also, follow us on Twitter and check our Facebook page, both at TV Series Hub. Send us a message. No, proudly.